The text for the sermon this morning is taken from the last part of Luke 2. Luke 2, the verses 41 to 52. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, as parents, we've all had that sinking feeling when you discover that one of your children is missing at perhaps the country fair. Where did Johnny go? Why isn't he with us? We thought we just saw him, but now he's disappeared. Our hearts start racing. We become very worried. Try not to think about the worst. We search for him frantically, eventually asking others to help us. Although we'd rather not because we're a bit embarrassed. How could we have lost him anyway? And then we find him. He had gone back to watching the horses again. Or maybe he was petting his favorite sheep. Or he had gone to see the dog show again that we'd already seen before. Little Johnny wasn't that concerned. Where else would he want to be at the fair? It's happened to all of us. It also happened to Joseph and Mary. We read about it in our text. Baby Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, and circumcised at the temple in Jerusalem, in accordance with the law of the Lord, has grown up in Nazareth, in Galilee. He grew up far away from the house of God the Father. He lived in the unimportant place of Nazareth, Later, when people heard that he was from Nazareth, they asked whether anything good can come from there. It was not a place of the highest esteem. It was a backwater in the land of Israel. 
We read in verse 440 that the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Like all other boys, he grew up gradually, became taller and stronger. He also grew in wisdom. He did not know everything right away, for he is a real boy. He needed to learn like everyone else. We minimize Jesus' human nature if we think that he didn't really need to learn anything. Scripture teaches us clearly that Jesus had to learn knowledge and wisdom like a real human being. He was filled with wisdom and the favor or grace of God. He was filled with the practical knowledge of how to live a God-pleasing life. He was helped in this by the grace of God. God's favor rested upon him. He sought his Father in heaven. His Father blessed him with his grace. Our text is the only record we have Jesus as a boy. He was 12 years old. He was on the verge of becoming a young man, becoming a teenager. Joseph and Mary had been diligent in raising their son in the fear of the Lord. We see evidence of this in our text. We read that every year his parents went to Jerusalem at the feast of the Passover. This was what they were used to doing. It was their custom. They would faithfully make the trip from Nazareth to Jerusalem in order to attend the Passover feast. This was the feast when they would remember how the Lord had spared them the death of the firstborn sons, something that was suffered by the Egyptians. They slaughtered the Passover lamb and ate the sacrifice in remembrance of God's salvation. After they had celebrated the feast, Joseph and Mary returned home to Nazareth. But Jesus hadn't come with them. They were not aware of the fact that he hadn't come with them. It's not clear exactly how this happened. It might be that Joseph and Mary were walking amongst their friends separately. And Jesus, being 12, right between being a boy and a youth, might have been assumed to have been in the company of the other parent. So Joseph might have thought that he was with the children, with Mary and the other women. Well, Mary may have thought that he was with the youth, with Joseph and the other men. Whatever exactly happened, it wasn't until the end of the first day of travel that they realized that Jesus had stayed behind in Jerusalem. They sought for him anxiously, like all parents do in such circumstances. Eventually, they find him in the temple courts among the teachers of the law. What does this only account of Jesus as a boy tell us about him, who is our Lord and Savior? What can we learn from Jesus' conduct as a boy, which will help us in our walk with our Heavenly Father? I proclaim to you God's word under the following theme. The boy Jesus was found in his father's house. First, Jesus was obedient to his heavenly father. Second, Jesus was obedient to his earthly parents.
Jesus' response to his anxiously searching parents are the first words of Jesus recorded for us in Scripture. He says in verse 49, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my Father's house? This kind of response is often a child's response to his searching parents. What's the big deal? Isn't it natural that I be here? Why is it natural to the child? Because he's doing his favorite thing. What was Jesus' favorite thing to do? It was to be in his father's house. Didn't Joseph and Mary know that he had to be in his father's house? That is, Father with a capital F, his heavenly Father, who is God Most High. We read in verse 40 that he was filled with wisdom and that the favor of God was upon him. The boy Jesus received this in special measure as God's one and only beloved Son. This grace of God enabled the human boy to perceive that he was more than only a boy, but also the eternal Son of God who had a special task to fulfill. It is important to point out that it was not natural for a Jewish boy of that time to call God Father. God is called Father only rarely in the Old Testament. And we have no evidence for an Israelite actually doing this in prayer or in personal devotion. This was something which Jesus taught God's people to do because he is the one who clearly revealed this to us through his own example. It is because of Christ's work that we may call God our Father. Through faith in the Son of God, we may also become sons and daughters of God. We read in Galatians 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. It is only through Christ's redeeming work that we receive adoptions as sons and daughters and therefore may call God our Father. The boy Jesus perceived clearly that God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, was his real father. Yes, Joseph was his earthly father. He loved and respected him for that role. He learned carpentry from him and worked with him in the midst of the sawdust and the lumber, the saws and hammers of the workplace. But Jesus also knew that his origins did not lie with Joseph, but rather with his heavenly Father. He had a special and unique relationship with his heavenly Father. They had been together already from all eternity. We cannot fathom the mystery of the incarnation of the Son of God. The boy Jesus was a normal human child in every way except without sin. And just to be clear, that exception in no way diminishes his humanity. Not at all. For sin is not natural. 
and inherent to being human. For us it is, because we are born corrupt and sinful. And so to be sinful seems to be human. But this is not how God intended it from the beginning. Apart from Adam and Eve, before the fall into sin, Jesus is now the first person, the first child, to be fully human, the way God intended us to be, without any sin. This is so wonderful to contemplate. It is so hard for us to comprehend what that really must be like to be without sin. To always be living for God. To never be selfish. To always be focused on the service and worship of God. To always love God and our neighbor. To know how to react perfectly to all the sin around us. How amazing that must be. And yet, even in a sinless person like Jesus, obedience to God was something that he learned and grew in. Our own children now also learn and grow in things. Even the brightest child doesn't know everything at once. He grows, learns, tries things out that don't work at first but gradually he gets better at them. So it is also with the boy Jesus. He went from less maturity to more maturity in all things. That is what it means to be a human child growing up. He did all that without sin. In his fallings and tumblings as a child, he did not rebel against God. The boy Jesus speaks here of God as my Father. He has a special relationship with God, his Heavenly Father. In some way which we will never understand, he is self-aware of who he is, the eternal Son of God. In these years of his childhood and growing up to be a man, until his public ministry when he became 30 years old, he is growing in his relationship to his heavenly Father. He loves his Father in heaven and does what pleases him. Serving God and glorifying him in his life is his chief aim and purpose in life. In Isaiah 49, verse 2, the servant of the Lord Jesus is described as the polished arrow concealed in God's quiver, waiting for the right moment to be shot. The eternal Son of God is now the boy Jesus living in the backwater Nazareth. He is concealed and hidden from public view. No one who knew him during those years would have realized that he was God's eternal Son. Only Mary and Joseph could have known who he truly was. The angel Gabriel had told Mary in Luke 1 that she was to give birth to the Son of the Most High. And yet, how the impact of those overwhelming words would have started to fade a bit in the realities of everyday life caring for baby Jesus. He was a child like every other. He cried, he was hungry, he slept, he played, tumbled and stumbled. 
To think of him as God's eternal son would not have been so easy to do. We do read that Mary treasured and pondered all the wonderful things that were said about her son in her heart. Yet in how she interacts with him, it is clear that she doesn't completely get it. And who can blame her? Do we get it? Do we always comprehend so clearly the impact of who Jesus is on our own life? We all need to do so much growing and maturing in our faith. Also, the boy Jesus needed to grow and mature in his faith in God, his heavenly Father. And that is what he was doing in leaps and bounds. How he loved his heavenly Father. What a special connection he had with him. He sought God in prayer every day, spent time with his Father in heaven. We know this from his later life. Especially the Gospel of Luke emphasizes Jesus' faithful prayer life. He would have started this already at a young age. This is what being truly human looks like being faithful in prayer to our Creator. This is what God designed us for, to have fellowship and communion with our Maker. By calling God my Father, Jesus shows His special awareness of being God's eternal Son. And before He became man, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit had made an agreement, the plan of salvation for mankind. Each person of the triune God had their part to play. God the Son would become man to pay for man's sin and redeem him. Jesus knew himself to be, for example, the bread from heaven and the good shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. He knew that he had come to this world to do the will of the one who sent him. Jesus said that his food is to do the will of him who sent him and to finish his work. The boy Jesus was growing in his service to his heavenly father. How he loved his father. How he looked forward to worshiping him in Jerusalem, in his holy temple. What an excitement it must have been for him to come along to the Passover feast in Jerusalem, to be part of the sacrifices that were being brought, and to participate in the meal of fellowship. How we look forward to listening to the teachers in the temple as they explained scripture and taught the people. Jesus had already been busy studying his Bible, which was the Old Testament scriptures. We can see from Jesus' public ministry how well-versed he was in the Scriptures. This did not come to him overnight. No, like any other real human being, he had to learn all this and make it his own. Reading the Old Testament Psalms and prophecies must have been exciting reading for him because he would be reading about what he would need to do to be the faithful son of his heavenly father. It must have also been painful reading 
when he would realize that he would have to pay the ultimate sacrifice. And yet how he loved his Father in heaven. And how he longed to do his will and carry out the mission he had been sent to do. We see evidence of his knowledge in the scriptures already as a boy of 12. Jesus was sitting at the feet of the teachers. In those days, the students would ask questions of the teacher and then listen to the teacher's answers. And then the teachers would ask the students questions to see how much they had learned and retained. We read in verse 47 that everyone who heard Jesus was amazed at his understanding and his answers. This is not because he drew from his perfect divine knowledge, but because he had been diligent already in searching the scriptures and learning from God. He had already been living very close to his heavenly Father and had been growing in wisdom. The grace of God was upon him, and it showed also now in the temple courts. He was fully occupied with the things of God and made it his aim in life to obey God and follow him in all that he did. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what a beautiful picture of a faithful, godly boy. Jesus lived close to his heavenly Father, and it showed. Boy, boys and girls, the time to serve God, to pray to God, to read his word, is now, as a child, in your youth. Whether you are 12 or younger or older, God created you to serve him and to have a personal relationship with him. He wrote the Bible also for you to read and to take to heart and to listen to. He wants to hear from you as you pray to him and pour out your hearts to him. He loves you and he has made amazing promises to you at your baptism. Believe these promises of life with him and forgiveness of sins. Worship the Lord and sing praises to him. The more we listen to God, the more we want to worship him and praise him. Walk with him in all that you do. Remember him when you go about your daily activities, your leisure activities. You live in his beautiful world, now covered in a beautiful white blanket. This is all the work of your heavenly Father. Boys and girls, Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Never think too little of yourself as a child. Jesus praised children for their simple, unquestioning, trusting faith. They do not doubt their father or mother, but believe them and rely upon them. Live as a child with God. Go to him in prayer. Speak to him, for he listens. He will hear you, for he loves you. God the Father and God the Son even made an agreement together to save you from your sins. 
God the Son became a child just like you. He also grew up and served God with his whole heart, soul, and mind as part of the plan to save you. Brothers and sisters, these exhortations come to all of us. Whatever our stage in life, whatever our level of maturity in relation to God, the time to draw near to God is now. Are we full of the desire to worship and serve God? Would we also want to be found to be in God's house so that those searching for us would know where to look? Do we go to church on Sunday because we love God? Because we want to hear His word? Because we would not rather be anywhere else? It is in public worship in church on Sunday that the Lord now calls his people together. What a blessing this is from God. That we may come together and worship him and hear the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. To hear of the grace of God, the compassion of God, the justice and holiness of God. To hear how good and faithful he is. The more we are faithful and diligent in our own personal reading of scripture and prayer to him, the more we will desire to gather together with God's people, to hear the preaching of the gospel, and to sing songs of praise to him. The boy Jesus was not only obedient to his heavenly father, but also to his earthly parents. And so we come briefly to the second point. The boy Jesus loved being in his father's house in Jerusalem. It was a real highlight to the boy who lived so close to his heavenly father. Normally he lived in Nazareth, far away from God's temple. Now he could be close to God in his dwelling place. What an honor. What a privilege. But his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, were anxiously looking for him. They were worried sick about him. And then they found him in the temple. What a good place to be. Why hadn't they thought of looking for him there? The answer is always obvious once you know it, isn't it? His response was so natural for a child who lives so close to his God. We read in verse 50 that Joseph and Mary did not understand what he was saying to them. And who can blame them? How hard it must have been for them to accept that their boy Jesus was the eternal Son of God, true God and true man, true boy, at the same time. They saw his boyish side very clearly. His divine nature was hidden from them. He had to be a real human being to fulfill all righteousness and pay for our sins. Jesus' answer was too difficult for them. Yet Jesus spoke it to them anyway. They would understand later 
We read in verse 51 that his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Her not understanding what Jesus said did not prevent her from treasuring his words and keeping them in her heart. The mothers among us will understand this well. You love your child in a special way, for he or she was from your womb. Jesus was from the womb of Mary. She bore him, who is her child. But also at the same time, Son of the Most High God. What a mystery! What a miracle! She treasured his words, which were too difficult for her, but she would understand later. As Jesus' life on earth unfolded, and as he completed his task and said the words, It is finished, he rose from the dead, and now he sent his spirit to live in our hearts so that we might understand his words better and more fully. Brothers and sisters, this is how we also grow in spiritual maturity. We should not be against reading or hearing things we don't right away understand. Store them away in your heart. Treasure them, for they are God's words to you. Ask God about them. Ask God's servants about them. Learn from them. Things that are hard to understand help us to grow in the faith. If we understand something now that we didn't understand previously, we grow in insight. Realizing that we don't understand something is the first step to acquiring deeper knowledge. Do we desire greater knowledge, wisdom from God? May we never be found to be uninterested in the things of God, but rather desiring to know more, ever more and more, for God's perfections and his grace are inexhaustible. May we not fossilize in our knowledge of God, but rather continue to live and grow more and more to his glory. We read in verse 51 that Jesus went down to Nazareth with his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, and was submissive to them. He continued to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Even though he would have rather stayed in Jerusalem with his heavenly father at his dwelling, yet he was obedient also to his earthly parents. This was a commandment which God had also given to him. In this way, he fulfilled all righteousness also for us. As parents, let us be diligent in teaching our children the ways of the Lord. May the obedience of our children bear fruit in their life. Because we as parents taught them the good and right way of God. What a responsibility rests upon our shoulders. But keep in mind that we do not do this alone, but with the help of our Heavenly Father. And as children, let us obey our earthly parents in their good and wise instruction to us. Then we also please God and grow in wisdom and knowledge to His glory. Brothers and sisters, if it were possible,
that our Heavenly Father would need to find us? Would He know where to look? Would He know where to find us? Where is our heart? Where is our treasure? What do we treasure in our hearts? In whose house do you love to be? In whose house are you? Amen. Let us now sing together Psalm 40, stanzas 3 and 4. <clears throat> 